0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. I'm Ray Rossini and you are joining a partner first here on OAT VoIP. You know, we do these uh, at least once a month talking to subject matter experts, thought leaders, and vendors of note in the MSP space. Today is absolutely no different. And if we do it right, you're going to learn a a little bit and uh, maybe add some tools to your arsenal. Uh, so, you can go out there and uh, be the awesome badass MSP that we know you are. Uh, just quick housekeeping this is recorded as we go out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Uh, the recording will be available immediately thereafter. If you're in the chat, we'd love to talk to you. But if you have to step away because it's a work day, completely understand. Go back and rewatch uh, as you please. Uh, so, without much further ado, uh, please help me in welcoming Mr. Victor Lopez, CEO and co founder of FlexPoint. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Hey Ray, I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. It's uh, I was I was cracking up at the 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 comments over there. You know.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, watched, yeah. We have uh, we have yeah, Dustin and Dan the in there.
1: <laughs> and, uh, every time the comments don't 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 fail.
0: <laughs> oh, they never disappoint. Uh, we see Greg, we see Dustin, we see Dan in the comments. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we I don't think we're, it's flex point, not fax point. Uh, so I don't Correct. you know. I want to set expectations for now. We don't know. New product initiative. We'll see. We'll see.
1: I I tried to use a fax machine, I want to say about two months ago, and I couldn't figure it out because I was trying to do one of those like apps on your phone. And then I realized they all try to charge you like 10 bucks for each. Oh, yeah. For sure. So I gave up. My my favorite is a piece of paper.
0: Well, sometimes that's easier. I was looking for a pen. I couldn't find a pen. I had a yeah. digital pen with my cell phone, but I couldn't find like an ink pen to sign a check. Right. Um, it's just, yeah. And I see them cracking up already in the chat. Um, so, but uh, well, we are we're not here to talk facts or pens. We're here to talk money. Um, one of my favorite topics, actually. I, I love money, yeah. and you you love money a little bit too, right?
1: Yeah, kind of. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's 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 kind of something I've been doing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: so so that that's a perfect lead-in. So for those that haven't met you, tell us who you are. Give us some of your background. Talk to us about FlexPoint at a high level before we get sure. into the uh, in the stuff.
1: Yeah. So uh, quick quick background. So um, I actually, funny enough, started my career as a, an attorney. Um, but uh, I joke around. I spent uh, more time in law school than I did practicing law. Uh, so. But you know, I started doing like mostly m and transactions, leverage finance transactions, uh, was not for me. So I ended up becoming uh, an investor. Um, and that's actually how I first, uh, my co-founder and I first uh, sort of discovered or had the channel hit us in the face uh, was as an investor. We actually invested in Connectwise way back when, Um, And so that was our first introduction to the the uh, MSP software business. But more broadly, right, like we did um, what were at some point always small businesses that turned into larger businesses, mid-market businesses um, and, you know, involved private equity buying these businesses. And so I have a lot of experience sort of looking at these businesses and, you know, Trying to understand and oftentimes uh, trying to make uh, sense of a bunch of spreadsheets that a business owner will keep, and you know, trying to try to justify as this is how uh, my business runs. And so, you know, it's it's kind of how and why we decided to start FlexPoint because what we saw right was it, it's it's problems that every small business is face it's problems that you know cash flow there's a bunch of um cliches about cash flow right in terms of like one like every four to five business small businesses that die are because um of cash flow problems but what we saw was why is that the case for msps right like we all talk about msps it's like that's why so many private equity firms are looking to invest in msps is because Recurring revenue, software like hard, high margins. But yeah. when you kind of start to peel the onion, um, it's a it's a it's a little bit messier than that. So so what was uh, that
0: like that first time? Because I, I know this all too well. You know, you look and like, oh, we talk about eighty percent, you know, gross margin on contracts, and we talk about yeah. you know really high net, and fantastic. And then you go look and you realize, well, they're ninety days <laughs> outstanding with most clients in their receivables. So
1: it's funny i have these conversations still fairly frequently not just with like obviously msp owners but also like people that i still know that are involved on the investing side and it's just so the the disconnect right between what you as an msp owner think is like okay this this is great this high margin uh these are contracts that are you know recurring nature and then on the other side you you get an investor who's like well your client can just walk away after 30 days. So how recurring is it really? Right. So it's just like it, it, both sides of it. And like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of open your eyes to it and you're kind of like, well, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things there that are overlooked, but I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like when you have emergencies at your client, you have problems with your employees, like, how often is like that your number one focus, right? You have, oftentimes, what happens is like you have an IT person who's trying to run a business, and the running business side of things is not really the number one priority most time.
0: Well, you know, and I, and I can tell you like that that cash flow stuff. My one and only blog uh, that I've ever written, which is ridiculous for as much as I'm online, uh, is actually about that. I, I was pissed because back in my MSP days. You know, we had a healthy amount of staff. Um, we were building out at great margins and it was fantastic. Uh, and I was still going paycheck to paycheck trying to pay bills because I had so much outstanding. Yeah. Um, I ended up putting that uh and and because to give it the proper honor it deserves uh it is FUPayMe.Money money is the name is the link to my blog. That's awesome. I didn't know
1: about that. I gotta look at it. I gotta read it. Yeah.
0: So uh but so my my solution was getting tighter on those credit terms, right? Net yep, 15 yeah, is really absolutely. net 15. It's not, right. you know, it's not an optional thing uh, requiring stuff like automated methods of payment. Um, and that's mm. kind of what we're talking on here. You have a more evolved solution for this. Um, right. and, and I kind of look at it and I kind of look at what you offer. And I say, well, we're all doing it already. The difference is whose whose bank account is paying for it, right? right? <laughs> uh, so, you know. I'd say,
1: right? like as a vendor, and then as, uh, you know, a you know, a customer of someone else, of another vendor, yeah. it's like we as vendors, right. We, we want to pay our bills as late as possible. Oh, of course. Cash flow. To, yeah. Right. When it comes to actually getting paid, like we need to get paid right away. So it's, it's, it's a funny yeah. kind of, uh, uh, you know, dichotomy between like how your relationship with cash as a vendor versus a, as a customer for sure.
0: So, it and, and- and I'm sure you have a couple of horror stories of like uh, MSPs or businesses in general, because this isn't an MSP specific thing. I know in MSP right. world, we'd love to think everything is unique to us because we're, you know, special and my mom told me so. Right. right. Um, but you know, the truth of the matter is every business faces this, whether it's you're looking at flooring costs or you're looking at, um, you know, holding inventory or private, uh, private box or whatever, or your logistics costs, every business faces these challenges right. with cash flow um so but for the msps i think because going out at the onset is very expensive for us right like there's mm-hmm. a lot of hardware involved um and yeah the profit uh, the, on the services professional services sure makes up for it but sure. the fact that it's we're putting so much out up front it can become dangerous and i've seen plenty of msps that just the business kind of tanks because they went under on their on their cash flow have you seen that
1: yeah i mean so a couple things right so It is true that this is like a problem for all businesses, right? Cash flow, no matter the type of business, it's a problem. But what I find to be sort of interesting and what amplifies the problem for MSPs is because going back to what I was talking about in terms of like as from an investor's perspective, right, the reason why an MSP is so attractive is because theoretically you're supposed to have recurring revenue. And that recurring revenue is supposed to come in you know, on the 15th of the month every month. So when you compare an MSP to, for example, a restaurant, right? A restaurant, you can have a bad month, a good month. There's no contractual revenue. Your clients come in the door. There's bad weather. No one comes in on a Friday night. Your month is really bad. So when you compare businesses, right, all businesses versus sort of the MSP model, it just amplifies the problem because then the question is really, well, if you have these contracts, you're supposed to get paid every month. What's, what's the problem? Like what's the excuse?
0: You scale your, you scale your employees, you scale your, whatever your infrastructure is, you scale your resources to match the client need. And often you're doing that ahead of time of the client actually paying you. So you're already fronting stuff. Uh, and then if the client delays in paying you, it's even more complicated. But even if the client's on time, I, I think everybody out there in MSP world is, is familiar with the sales life cycle, right? From initial clicked on something, came across your stuff, all the way through signed on the dotted line. But you realize you're working from that far out, and then you do whatever implementation or whatever work, and then you're net 30. So whatever work plus your net 30 or net 15 or whatever you're doing, plus if the client's delayed. it So it's a really long time between... Yeah. You know, when you started this and when you're getting paid, Um, then it's easy to lose sight of that. Um, And so if you're putting all that money out and you have all these healthy margins, but bill comes due next month and you can't pay it because you're fronting for those clients. Yeah, I
1: mean, think about like, yeah, I mean, you're 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 hitting on like a very important aspect of the business, right, which is like project work. Right. And it's like for most projects, especially if you're working with any sort of government entity you have to front the cost somehow, right? Like whether it's hardware or just the work itself, right? A lot of government entities um, require you to do the work, complete the work before you invoice it. And so then it's net 30, net 60. Um, So yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's like there's this upfront investment, right? It's almost a capital investment. And if you're already net 30, net 60, it's like, from when you actually started to when you actually get paid, which we'll talk about it's the metrics mm-hmm. there um, becomes almost infinite. Right. And so <laughs> you still got to pay yeah, your is yeah. your every 15 days. They're Absolutely. not going to be like, okay, Ray, we well, didn't get paid this month. I'll wait next. And they're for next expecting
0: month. electricity and internet and, you know, their, their laptops to work and their right. connect wise and their whatever else. Yeah. Sure. So, all right. So. Without much further fanfare, and I see a bunch of questions, but I think they're questions we're going to answer while we're going through the presentation, so I'm holding on to them. Um, other than, should Dan wants to know if he should fax his invoices. I don't think faxing is necessary right now, right?
1: not accepted, but yeah. We'll okay. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so we will get into those questions. We're noting each one, uh, but let's get into the presentation first, and uh, it'll be conversational, guys. You know it's not death by PowerPoint. Uh, Phil will bring that up now. And um We'll talk about how FlexPoint is solving this. Uh, and then I'll interrupt, of course, the questions. Uh, yeah. But the floor is yours, Victor.
1: Cool. So uh, when, I, when I was thinking about sort of topics, right, what what is a, an interesting topic to talk about? Because people have heard, you know, the cash flow problem, and it's become such a big problem that I feel like most people kind of just immediately hear your cash flow is an issue and ignore it, right? It's like the thing we all don't want to here, right? Like, I right. don't want to go to the doctor because I don't want the doctor to tell me something's wrong. So same thing with the cash flow conversation. Stop so, reading my emails, <laughs> dude. So, so, so what I try to do, right, especially as I talk to uh, MSPs, is I ask them a very simple question, which sounds pretty ridiculous when you hear it, right? Like, are you running a bank or an MSP? It's a simple question. Most people look at me like, the heck are you talking about? Like, it's obviously... Uh, an MSP. But what often happens is most MSPs don't have the ability or the data to answer this question in a way that's accurate. And so what I mean by that, so I'm just going to skip ahead. I think we all uh, saw who, who I am in terms of the introduction. But so if we were to ask your typical MSP, right? So anything from a one-man shop, three-man shop, to a very mature large MSP.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: do the majority of your receivables look like, right? Are they 30 days late, 60 days late, 90 days late, 90 plus days late? Ray, just take a guess. How how many of you think would be able I, to answer this question? See.
0: If it's late at all, it's already like irking me after, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I would, I would say uh, probably in the 30, 30 day range, I'm hoping.
1: Okay. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's good. So when it comes to most people, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you, I think the majority of us would agree the answer is I don't know, right? <laughs> the answer is I don't know
0: um it's that's so true for many years of my msp life yeah um yeah i I do on receipt and even then so okay so i'll tag on that and we don't need to answer right now well we can answer it later but uh dan brought up a good question uh somewhere along the lines of well you have people that uh require oh he was saying he has people require ach or checks or whatever um Mm -hmm. or they do require net 30 so those you know if you don't uh, in the sense of the net thirty or whatever it is, if you don't acquiesce to them or work something out, they're going to you're going to lose that deal. So yeah. a lot of MSPs will do sometimes for this person, sometimes for this person, and then suddenly you get to five months. <laughs> <And> then,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So how I do you think about it. this, right? Yeah. So there's a couple things, right? And we'll we'll we'll, we'll run through something called. Right. I think everyone's familiar or at least heard the concept, right? DSO, data sales outstanding. So data sales outstanding, literally what it means is how long it takes from when an invoice is due for it to get paid. So there's nothing wrong with making the due date net 30, right? Like that's, if those are the terms that a government wants you to, to give them or even net 60, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's obviously as a business owner, there's a risk Uh, reward sort of measure in terms of like, is it a big enough opportunity for me to give them consistently 60 day terms? So where DSO, right, where the metric of how long it's taking you to get paid starts is when the payment is due. So if it's net 60, it's from that point on. So now if it's five months from, you know, net 60, I don't care if they're a school, a government, like that's a problem, right? It's a problem if from when the due date, the time to actually get paid is taking a long time. And so um, what what we like to talk about is what does this do? Right. So going back to the basic question of are you running a bank or an MSP? Do you know what your average receivables look like? So. Not knowing the answer to those questions, right? There's a bunch of other things that are associated with that, but it's really, what is the impact? And we've talked about this, right? Like not being able to pay your your employees. You're essentially giving all of your clients interest-free loans. So if that's the case, I really hope you have a ton of capital sitting on a bunch (laughs) of cash and, you know, making 4% with the government. So I guess that's that's okay. Um, But what but the biggest impact right is the unpredictability of your cash flow so you can't do things like forecasts right you can't hire new people because you have no sense of what that cash flow is going to look like and where you can reinvest that money into things like sales and marketing. so it's the impact i think is clear we don't need to sort of belabor the point on uh what happens when you know you don't know Uh, where your receivables sit, or um, you're providing your clients with interest-free loans. Um, But why we're here, right? It's like, how do we fix this? So enough of, we all know this is a problem. We all know this is a problem across not just MSPs, but small businesses. So how do you fix this? How do you improve on this? And so we talk about, at Flexpoint, we talk about three steps to not, you know, fixing it completely, but at least having a sense of what is going on. And so three steps go into real-time data. So first things first, right? If you don't have access to the data, if you don't know the answer to a question like, where do most of your receivables sit? That's a problem. So the first thing you need to do is access to real-time data. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. The second part, which is also really important, is having processes in place, right? So not just for you in your business, right? In in terms of how you collect, how you invoice, payment terms, collecting payments, but also for your clients. You know, MSPs all in a client-facing, client-service business model, right? So it's all about providing that best-in-class service. And so in order to also do that within the payments collection space, you have to set very clear processes and very clear expectations, either early on or throughout the relationship of um, with your clients. And then the last thing is setting up Multiple payment options, right? So we'll talk a little bit more about like the differences between payment options. Most people don't think there is any difference between like, you know, a check, a wire, ACH, and a credit card, but there's a ton. And so we'll talk a little bit about that.
0: And it's interesting. There's a there's a question here. Um, <coughs> how often do MSPs uh, drop the client because of these past due payments and then lose on their two to three months um, on the collection side? I can speak from my experience. If it goes to collections, you're, you're it's a write-off. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I would say 10 to 15 percent of our collections end up coming back, or end up getting paid. Um, how, what's your, what's your view, Victor?
1: Yeah, so I think the, the number one thing, right, is being able to establish a point in time where you essentially charge that off, right? It's, you've heard this term, charge off. Um, Typically, that's any more that's beyond 90 plus days. So, if you have an invoice that's unpaid for 90 plus days, you would typically put that into your charge-off bucket. So that means you're unlikely to recover on that. And in terms of just terms of statistics, um, so like Dunn and Bradstreet puts out a a bunch of really good information around, you know, DSO, um, charge-offs across different industries, but specifically within, you know, business services, IT services. And I think that the the latest statistic is something like invoices beyond 90 days have a 5% likelihood of collection. So extremely low. So at that point, it's, you know, you, you have to measure, well, how much how, how much money are you losing, right? By charging this off versus the time and effort it's going to take you to try and collect it, right? At that point, it's kind of, it's a balance of the two.
0: Okay, fair enough. It's, it's a bad position to be in, I can tell you
1: that. It's a bad position to be in. Be in and and frankly, uh, what what we try to do at Flexpoint is avoid getting you to that position. So, But once you're in and, that position, it's... And it's avoid tough.
0: getting there in a way that's... Preferable to the client right like this is not Absolutely. when we when we talk like credit card ach like forcing it on the client it, a lot of the times the conversation becomes forcing it on the client so i'll tease a little bit you found a way to make it easier for the client uh so there's uh, benefits on both sides uh so we got i see dustin saying 90 days seems insane if it's recurring you should be shutting off service earlier right bigger down payments finance on progress projects um
1: yeah yeah. That's right. I, have I mean, nothing, negative, nothing to yeah.
0: disagree there, right?
1: <laughs> right, and and but the thing is, the reality is, right. So on on recurring managed service invoices, it does seem insane to have something that's ninety days past due. But the the, the first question is like, why did it get to that point? Why weren't they on auto pay? Because it's recurring, right? Like there is some variability yeah. depending on seats, stuff like that. But why did it get there to begin with, right? And there's a lot of reasons why which we can talk about but um most of the time it's because the expectation when they signed that managed service contract was not set very clearly around you should um if you're on managed service you got to be on autopay, right so yeah. it's uh it's it's one of those challenges that although it seems crazy i i would not be surprised if this existed
0: <laughs> all right so let, let's uh let's get back to this um all right, so we have some stats, right? The accounts receivable report, data, 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 right? That's what we're looking for here. Right.
1: So, yeah, so number one thing, right? To, to position yourself um, in, in a way where you're not having or at least reducing the problems associated with cash flow is having access to the data to be able to actually make decisions, right? So you can't really, you're flying blind without this, without the data and so two of the primary sources two most important reports that we sort of focus on are the ar aging report and the dso dso as a a metric so i'm sure most people have heard of this and kind of know what this is but an ar report right it's it's relatively easy to pull most small businesses most msps are using some sort of accounting software whether it's quickbooks desktop, zero, or even like Dynamics or NetSuite, right? So th- there is some source of data. Now, pulling that data, having an AR report that you can look at with what we recommend is at least monthly, right? Sit down every month. It takes, you know, 15 minutes to look at your report look at the various buckets and then try to compare it month over month to see if there's any trends, right? Is it trending one direction versus the other? So it sounds super simplistic. It sounds super basic. I mean, I think most business owners have heard about an AR report, but I mean, the question is really how many sit down and do this with any frequency?
0: Well, the the important part is like, these are tiny things that are super easy because if you see the little changes up front, you can address them so much earlier, before you're 120 days past due. Because that's when you're doing, you're reconciling, you're doing <laughs> your reconciling. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you realize, wait, what happened to this invoice? This $200,000 invoice? I I haven't followed up on at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. They go hand in hand. Um, no, I, I, I've been and there. So just, we,
1: I'll, I'll tell just, you yeah. a quick story. Uh, so we see everything, right? Because we're this is what we do. Um, And so we had a prospect a few weeks ago who um, they they didn't know a client hadn't paid them in literally nine months. And it's like, we think that's crazy, right? Like everyone is going to agree that sounds crazy. But the reality is like, if you think about running, especially running a small business, you have a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things to think about. And if that's, maybe it's not a big client, right? So it's not going to have, tremendous impact. But it has an impact. You're counting on the revenue, right? Right. right. Um, and, Somewhere and I, and you're saying say you're, you're, you're attributing revenue to that client, so yes. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and I get most MSPs at this point are on a cash basis, but still, it, you're counting on it, right? Even if it's not on the books that you're counting on the revenue in your head, you're counting on, I'm going to have this this month. Um, you know, uh, Greg Bright brings up a great point. He had a zero tolerance policy with his clients that didn't want to sign up for auto pay uh, with his marketing business. And so I kind of, and that's kind of like the point of that, that blog, I got to the point where when it came time to actually fixing it, I was frustrated. So I kind of, I may have gotten even like overboard on like how strict I got with my payment processes. Yeah. Um, But which ends up, you're still forcing the client to do something they didn't really intend to versus giving a a give for both sides. Right. Um, There's a big difference in adoption between the two, I promise
1: yeah so i mean i think i mean greg makes a great point right so whether you call it zero talents policy or whatever right like but if you are very clear and very transparent about your requirements especially your payment requirements especially up front right in the beginning of a relationship it makes it much easier to you know get clients to actually do it which frankly is a game changer it's probably the biggest Impact when it comes to cash flow um, on on, uh, on an MSP. So um, going back to sort of the data, right? So AR reports very important, but then DSO days sales outstanding. So we talked about this early on. It's a simple metric: when an invoice goes out, due date to when it actually gets paid. There's formulas, there's two primary formulas of, of sort of doing that. We can, we're we not gonna get into the technical aspects of it, but we're gonna be putting out a bunch of content um, on our websites with um, you know some calculators that'll make it easier to do this. But um, fundamentally why this is important, right? So if you look at sort of statistics across the industry, right? So in terms of sort of benchmarks, so IT services as an industry, right? So it's probably gonna include stuff outside of MSPs. So take it a little bit uh, with a grain of salt, but average DSO in the IT services market, it's 68 days. So, I mean, if you think about what, even if we're talking about net 30, right? That's 68 days from when the invoice went out. Um, So you're talking about 98 days. So 68 days to actually get paid. So I don't know about you, Ray, but especially if you're just getting started, unless you have a rich uncle or a ton of cash in the bank, like that's 68 days to float. Every well, single I, day. I have a
0: rich uncle. His, his name is Victor Lopez, but we'll we'll <laughs> talk later about that. No,
1: but, no, but you're right. The,
0: the money's got to come from somewhere. Oh, this hurts me. I see, I see, rich, uh, I see Richie putting. Says I'm ashamed to say I'm I have 200k more uh 200 thousand more than 120 days past due.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. That sucks. I've been there. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. We've all been there. I, I if it makes you feel better, I've been there many, many times, many more. At times. least Rich
1: knows, right? At least you know, yeah. rich. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people yeah. out there who have no sense of how much is that far past due, for sure. Oh, here's a good
0: question. I, I see uh, Aaron's asking um, this data, specifically the DSO, where are you getting that from? Your accounting package or from, or that's typically you're going to QuickBooks, whatever so, yeah, you're using for yeah, so, accounting.
1: So, so what we recommend, right? So QuickBooks, if you're using QuickBooks is gonna have all this data. It's, it's just whether what, how you present the data, how you pull the data we make it easy. So we integrate, our, our software integrates with QuickBooks and a bunch of other accounting software. And so we make it super easy to pull out and see that information like right within uh, uh, the software. But yeah, I mean, most of this, most of what we're talking about, you, you can do it yourself. You can pull the information directly from QuickBooks. Um, QuickBooks has an AR aging report. I don't know if most people know that, but that's within one of the tabs that you can just pull out and, and look at. It yourself dso you just plug in some numbers and you can typically uh get 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 your dso but yeah it's uh most of us have the data somewhere right it's whether you pull it out and like actually look at it that's that's important so all right so we talked and about real stuff- quick
0: um because victor said okay. he's going to be releasing content uh his contact information will be in the show notes uh on these as well and we'll put a card up later but um follow him because he loves education so he'll be putting out stuff that you know educate you and get you better prepared to collect that money i'm sorry victor go ahead man
1: no 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 worries uh so we talked about step one getting the data being able to do something with the data all right so now that you have the data so what most people probably don't realize is most of your clients want to pay you like people want to pay their bills for the most part right might want to pay them slightly later, but for the most part, uh, they want to pay their bills. Uh, Another crazy example. Right. So as as a founder of a software company focused on getting paid, I, I just focus on these things in every way in real world examples. So my town sends me a water bill. Right. They send it once a quarter and the bill gets sent in the mail. And it says the only way to pay us is you send a check or you go on this janky website um, from probably 1995, you and, feel
0: totally safe putting putting right, money in totally right.
1: safe, and you pay with a credit card. And mm. so every time I go to pay it, I'm like, why can't I just save the credit card and have them just deduct it? Right? It's like 15 bucks every time, right? Like how hard with it? My water
0: company is exactly the same, thing. and I have to put like the last six of the account number, even right. though I'm logged you in. You have
1: to find the bill, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, no joke. I get uh, I get a notice in, in the mail, like a couple months ago, and it says, you have not paid your water bill in 12 months. You have an outstanding balance of $112. And we're going to put a lien on your house if you don't pay it. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? It's like, so I mean, moral of the story, right? Like people want to pay. It's like, Exactly. So, Sarah, you, mentioned, <laughs> you pay your easy bills first, right? Like I have a pile of bills somewhere in my office that's just cuz it's difficult to pay them. So, it doesn't matter the amount. It's just like you pay your easy bills first. And Always. so so going back to going back to the slides, um so most clients want to pay you. Most clients want to pay you, but the biggest barrier to actually letting them pay you is you know the complexity of your payments workflow, or maybe you don't have a workflow. So a couple of things we focus on, being proactive, right? So we've talked about this a bunch, like making sure you set very good expectations early on in the relationship with your clients about how you expect to get paid. So whether that means you're giving people terms, you're requiring auto payment for certain types of uh, arrangements, or if you're doing projects, billing upfront, right? So just being proactive, understanding where the limitations can be and trying to address it. And then we talk about technology, right? So making and utilizing technology to make it super simple to pay. So for us, right, we provide payment software and we're super focused on the MSP perspective, right? We wanna make the MSP side of the software super easy to use, intuitive, But almost as important for us is the client facing side. So we provide a client facing portal and, you know, we've, we're like super focused on making that client portal as easy to use as possible. So I'll give you an example, right? So to log into our portal for a client, they don't need a password. They put in an email address that maps it to uh, the accounting package And the information and invoices that's within uh that uh software and then it puts it into the portal gives them access to the portal without having to use a password single use authentication provides single use token and that alone right i think i think you had bobby jacobs from thread on here fairly recently and they wrote a pretty pretty interesting blog post about how like you know Passwords are a thing in the past. So very much so. It's it's a secure way of accessing the portal, but it removes that friction. Very simple thing, but removes that friction from the client actually going into the portal in pain. So
0: so I know I'm gonna get shit for this on a uh, on an on a live stream with MSPs as the audience. But um, I, I go on TikTok. Yes, I go on TikTok. Um, ah, my phone. Anyway, so I go on TikTok and. There's always ads for the biggest nonsense available, right? Um, and I'll look at it and some stuff will pique my interest. And inevitably, I'll go to the store. And if I have to fill out a bunch of payment information or whatever, that that's dead to oh, me. Yeah. I'm not doing that yeah. in some unknown browser, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. those that like I get in there and it's shop, like I just hit the shop button. It's like, we're going to send you a text. We know who you are. Do the last payment on file, last shipping address, done. Yep. And then that's- it texts me. That, that's how I end up with dumb stuff like this. like
1: you know well, Apple I mean? Pay, right? So like Apple Pay, like I basically yes. have signed to like anything I buy online. If I can't buy with Apple Pay, I'm not going to buy it because like I'm not going to go. It sounds stupid, but it's like, OK, it it's, takes you three minutes easier. to enter the credit yeah. card.
0: Well, but and, and there is a security aspect too, right? There There is the security aspect of, you know, with credit card skimmers and gas pumps. If I can tap to pay, I'm a little more protected, especially because right. they're tokenized. So there is a security aspect as well, as, as yeah. opposed to that janky website you were talking about that looks like it was made in the 90s, probably by front page or something.
1: Yeah, right, no, I right. get it.
0: Uh, so how do you make it easy for the for the clients?
1: So, so right. So we, we talked about the client experience, right? And the focus on the client side of things, because again, what we find is we could probably put out, not not saying that we do this, but we could probably put out some not super great software, at least from a mm-hmm. UI perspective, on the MSP side, right? Let's, frankly, let's... Oh, you fit perfectly in, in with the MSP the other MSP software. <laughs> that, that was good in 2002. However... But yeah,
0: put an, put an MVP and then put coming soon, trademark, and you're done.
1: <laughs> but when it comes to the client side, right, it's like getting the client to actually pay and use the portal is is very important so a couple things we talked about the past and it's huge in terms of adoption it's a massive like difference in terms of adoption like because of exactly what you said if you send your client an email that says hey sign up for this new portal that i'm using uh to collect my payments they're gonna be like f you i'm gonna send you a check but well and, and
0: uh dan also brings up some of these clients are bringing up their own payment portals Right. And we mm-hmm. want to put stuff in there. And, you know, there's an argument for where if they're trained to use their portal, probably become second nature. So you have a very high bar to beat as far as making it easier than that. Right. Um, and so right. I, I want to ask, I, I want to ask some questions real quick. Um, so how do you handle municipalities? Uh, how do you handle municipalities that uh, get checks signed by other board members or don't allow ACH and stuff like that? Um, how how do you address that?
1: So here here's something that we're very transparent about, right? So nothing's gonna be perfect, right? So we we obviously strive for a hundred percent when it comes to cash flow coming in, uh, payments due on time. But we have this conversation fairly often, right? We have a prospect who's like, well, my biggest time. client, <laughs> <laughs> but my my biggest client, you know, they send me a check every month for fifty thousand dollars, and they've been sending me the check. For 20 years, they've never missed it. And I tell them, you know what? Don't do anything about that. Don't, don't call them and say, hey, I'm using this fancy new portal. Change it, right? Like you can get 70%, 75% adoption from the rest of your client base and still position yourself to be um, really good from a from a cash flow perspective. So if you have clients who tell you, hey, We have a check, you need to be signed by the board. It needs to be signed by, you know, royal family of Scotland or something (laughs) like that. Hey man, if it works, it works. We're trying to solve for the things that don't work.
0: So, uh, okay, here's an interesting question. Uh, Cause you talked about you had built a client portal. Um, There is a question here about PSA integration as well. So kind of this goes hand in hand, right? what, besides, you You know, obviously the text message goes out or the message goes out with the link so they can log in or they can make the payment, but how do you integrate with those, their billing systems or their accounting packages?
1: Right. So, so to, to answer the question asked specifically, so, I, so ConnectWise and QuickBooks Online have a very interesting relationship in the sense that they don't talk to each other, um, natively. So ConnectWise Managed doesn't have a native integration to QuickBooks Online. Every other PSA does, right? So they have this very interesting relationship and Mobius, which is is referenced here, has done a really good job of connecting the two, right? You also have who's who's done that as well. So what we're doing is we're releasing an integration later this month with ConnectWise that actually does both sides of it. So not only does it connect ConnectWise to QuickBooks Online, we also connect to the PSA. So you don't need two different connectors um, to get that uh, sort of connection. In terms of every other uh, accounting package, so we have a two-way sync with QuickBooks Online, desktop. I desperately did not want to do a desktop integration, but you know, there's a lot of MSPs on desktop.
0: You're like the first company in the last two years that's come out with actually something. Yeah, I know.
1: It. It's it's like, we were like, I don't want to do desktop. I don't want to do desktop. Intuit's going to get rid of it. But, I know for a fact uh, at least
0: one of the MSPs in this chat is using QuickBooks desktop. So, oh, uh, least, so least. I, I don't want people to confuse you with a payment portal uh, merchant processor, right? So we've covered the easy part. Now let's cover the not my bank account part. Um, what is the other half of that that FlexPoint provides?
1: Yeah, so... There's two sides to the cash flow issue, right? We talked about a very important side of it, which is collecting invoices, making sure your DSO is, you know, fairly low, um, and that's just day-to-day cash flow collection. The other side to what we do, and again, this goes back to the problem that we saw when it came to cash flow. The other side that we saw um, that uh, Ray you had mentioned early on is. Um, A big part of what's causing cash flow issues for MSPs is this uh, idea of self-financing, especially when it comes to project type work. So, you know, whether it's a new project for a client, you know, uh, a server migration, a bunch of workstations, a bunch of different things. Um, Ultimately, what happens, unless you're very, very good At getting your clients to just pay you up front in advance which a lot of MSPs are and they do a good job of it because they're transparent they're able to have those conversations with their clients but for the most part what we've seen is uh, an MSP rather than having that awkward conversation about paying me up front they'll self-finance so they'll go buy the hardware they'll go procure what they need for the project and then they'll just hold that on their books until they get paid. So now we're talking about self-financing. right? And so we saw that as a huge issue. So we thought, well, what if we bring the ability for clients to finance these types of invoices within the same portal, within the same user experience? And so what we did was in the exact same portal, in the exact same place where clients go to pay, so going back to our conversation about Apple Pay and buying stuff online, right? You can choose to pay via credit card, ACH, or you can choose to finance it. And so you can choose to finance That's it.
0: Convenience you were talking about here on this
1: on the on the, yeah.
0: the right circle, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I'm just going to jump ahead. So since we're running time, so you're you're kind of seeing uh, what what that looks like, but so. We offer within that same checkout experience, the ability for clients to finance. And we do it in a way where the MSP is not on the hook. So client chooses to finance one of these large invoices, MSP still gets paid up front. There's no cash flow issue. There's no recourse if the client stops paying us. We obviously, you know, it's a bad situation for everyone, but it's not a recourse to the MSP. And then the client pays over a period of time, up to 12 months is what we do. So that's the second part to it. We talked a lot about the first part of the cash flow issue, which is collecting your payments on time. The second part and the second part of our product is eliminating the need to self-finance, which we found is a huge problem for a lot of MSPs, especially smaller MSPs, too, that are just getting started transitioning from break-fix to managed service, still doing a fair amount of projects.
0: So I have um, Dean asking, would he use this in a has situation or leasing uh, hardware as a service or leasing, or what? what is the use case for this exactly?
1: So there's a bunch of use cases. Hardware as a service is typically a three year uh, arrangement. So typically it's a lease for three years. Um, we don't do more than 12 months So we're at this point. so. Stay tuned for for more on that, uh, but but for now we I do see. up to twelve months. So it's it's a bunch of different use cases. So I'll give you some examples. So we have uh, partners who utilize this for uh, new client onboarding fees. So they have a ten thousand dollars new client onboarding fee. It includes everything like scoping out, and so when they're having that conversation with a new client, they're having that conversation around okay, you you've agreed to, you know, sign up for our services but you know sometimes telling them you have to pay ten thousand dollars when you sign this contract for this onboarding fee it becomes a hurdle right so what we've done is for these types of partners they'll they'll have their clients finance that and break it up into three month or six month payments um and then you have other projects so we had a partner who started doing projects with you know a big regional coffee shop franchise and so they required you know for him to actually complete the project before they paid. And so he had to go buy a bunch of equipment. And so he used this to finance those projects for the clients. So a bunch of different use cases.
0: Uh, there's a question here. If I have to spread the onboarding fee across a couple months, um, why wouldn't I, uh, whatcham call it? Why wouldn't I just put that on my MSA versus, but that goes back to who's financing, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. You can be the bank. Are, are you a bank or are you an MSP?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, okay, well, I'm bringing on a $5,000 a month client. I'm going to finance their $5,000 onboarding myself over the next three months. That's maybe a little more palatable. But when you're saying I'm going to finance my onboarding, but also the BDR and the server and the firewalls and the switches, and we had to maybe run some cable. Now it's you're you really going to stomach that? Because I've never seen a client, any MSP has taken over that they didn't complain about the previous MSP. So if you're saying the previous guy did it wrong, then, you know. Right, right. Um, there's going to oh, be words for Yeah. Oh, there's an interesting question. Where do I, how do I know when I should be the bank?
1: Well, it's, so the same thing we do, right? So when it comes to credit, extending credit, it's uh, a risk adjusted return. So are you getting paid a sufficient amount for that credit risk. So the question to you is, how much are you gonna charge your client extra, right? How much margin, additional margin are you gonna make to take on that credit risk? Depends on your business.
0: And if you're running those reports and you're keeping track of those finances, it shouldn't be too hard, right?
1: Well, I mean, unless your cost (laughs) of capital is super low. (laughs)
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Victor, thank you so much. Uh his information is in the show notes below. We put it a couple times in the chat as well. Uh reach out to Flexpoint. Um definitely awesome. I you know, we may have to bring you back to show off the portal a little bit and show off the actual experience. Yeah, uh sure. MSPs love that. But uh thanks so much, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. And thanks everyone yeah, for the questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Right.
0: Phil, you, we got some uh, upcoming events. What's going on? so we have the pitch it uh vendor spotlight uh vci vcio toolbox and hackware uh at one o'clock uh whenever the screen clears on me there we go six twenty-three, uh june 29th tech bar podcast with yours truly and super cousin danny with rich sacchini i guarantee you i will screw it up at least seven times uh we may make it a drinking word of cloud radio And then Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, 10 a.m., MSP Dispatch presented by MSP Media Network. And uh, don't forget AI Roundup, the release this morning at 10 o'clock. Until next time, everybody, we appreciate you. Take care of yourselves and each other.